0: Welcome to The Truth In Us, Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening and making this podcast the best in Baltimore. Please continue to share uh, this podcast Mm. so more people are aware of these great stories. Today, I'm in conversation with the president and CEO of Living Classrooms Foundation. Please welcome James Piper Bond. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for coming on. And um, I, I appreciate you making the time. And I, I wanna start off with a very, very introductory question. And I and I've had it kind of hit or miss sometimes. I always ask like, tell me about this. Mm-hmm. Tell me about growing up and all of that stuff. And people are like, I hate talking about myself, but they're doing an interview. So <laughs> before we get too deep in it, I want to invite you in the same way, uh, could you share the James Bond story and uh how'd you get your start here in Baltimore? Well well, thanks. And I, I don't want to bore
1: folks, but it's I did grow up in Baltimore. My family's um from here goes back you know, a lot of generations. Sure. Not that that matters much, but it, it's, uh, I was fortunate to grow up in Baltimore and, and went off to college at University of North Carolina. And then after college, uh, well, during college, I took a year, went around the country in my car with a friend and hiking and lived out West and did all sorts of stuff. And then um, after college, a friend and I, we'd saved up some money and we went over and bought motorcycles and went all through europe and northern africa and i was fortunate to uh attain a job as a peace star which is like a ski patrol in switzerland for a season and then i found a job in corsica and learned to speak french and teach water skiing and diving and then we shipped the motorcycles to australia because we couldn't get through afghanistan overland And i spent a year uh going through asia living on five bucks a day and with a backpack and uh, riding on top of trains and seeing, doing, experiencing as much as possible the world and and uh, going all through India and Thailand and Nepal and Sri Lanka, Indonesia, et cetera, and landed in Australia with 25 bucks in my pocket. And I was fortunate to uh, get a job as a head coach of Adelaide University lacrosse and team. And I got to play out there a little bit and I worked at a restaurant and wash dishes and bartend whatever it took to <laughs> keep the money coming and uh keep the trip the voyage the goal was to go around the world did that yeah. and then and then uh had to go around australia for a year and sold the bike and sailed across the south pacific for um you know that four or five months and made our way to hawaii and then uh, uh worked there for a while and then came back to baltimore thought i'd just stop for a you know, to see my family who I hadn't seen in four years to for a few weeks or months to make a little more money and keep going, and that's when I I met these teachers from McDonough School who had this idea and were beginning to build a ship for kids called the Lady Maryland, and I started volunteering and then I was eventually hired as the first full time employee back in 1986 uh, as the education director and. Chris Rossum, who was then became our first captain a few months later, uh, first full-time captain, uh, and together we began to build that organization and grow it, all with the premise, Rob, mm-hmm. that learning by doing experiential learning, hands-on mm-hmm. being able to reach those who, uh, who may not in their lives have had experiences, be out on it. 104 foot schooner or to be, uh, and and to see the world out in the Chesapeake Bay and, and to help build the ship and, and, and also to be able to learn science and math and history, all through hands-on learning. And so that really captivated me and kind of stemmed from that journey going around the world where, uh, I saw people from so many different cultures and backgrounds and with challenges and, uh, I was really inspired by this work in Baltimore and so that's how it began and I so thirty seven years later I still live here I raised a family and and uh, and live in the city and, and you know we're still at it and there's a lot more to do in the uh, living classrooms has grown a lot over the years uh, from that one boat.
0: thank you I that I didn't find that boring as at, at all that's not boring to anyone we I love hearing about this this great work this longevity and Experiential learning, just kind of learning through um doing that's that's how I learned. <laughs> and right. um you know, kind of diving right into it. Uh, this is an example of it. like this doing this whole podcast thing and doing it for as long as I have, it was just kind of me being self-taught, me kind of playing with buttons and dials and figuring out how to get sound and then kind of filling in the gaps as it comes along. but really being able to start off by getting sound was. Just kind of having those resources in YouTube University, but at the time, right you know, back in two thousand and nine, that didn't exist to that degree. It was just kind of trying things. Um, so in in hearing about those those travels, I think it gives me some some context that um that that travel and kind of seeing different things and experiencing the world maybe gave you a, a different viewpoint of how people live and how people operate. So, in coming back here, is that that period in which you found like your why? This sort of work is important, and some of those early motivations. Yes, Rob. Uh, yeah, I think so. And just to, to, to be able
1: to be involved with an you know an exciting organization that from the beginning, and to uh, help grow with an incredible group of people over the years. It's been thirty-seven years now, and you know we've now have. 400 staff full and part-time uh, 19 million dollar year budget you know, 30 different sites in baltimore and in washington dc where we have living classroom programming whether that's a a ship like the USS Constellation that was celebrated this, this weekend with Fleet Week and yeah. which we helped to coordinate with the Navy and, and the, the state and the city and it was quite successful. Or, or maybe it's uh, the first charter school in the state of Maryland, one of the first charter schools, which we started 21 years ago, Crossroads School that we managed right on our East Harbor campus. Uh, or it's a, when we... Helped to create a program working with returning citizens project served 25 years ago which is a rapid attachment to work for those coming home uh to be able to learn skills and earn while they learn again back to that whole experiential learning by doing i think it's 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 such an effective way to to learn and uh so yeah that that that's become kind of a my life's work and I'm re- extraordinarily grateful to be able to do it in the city where I grew up and to uh, we're doing everything we can to listen to the needs of the communities where we have been asked to come and 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 help and to be engaged with and. Our job is to listen to what those needs are and, and to acquire resources and help provide mobility for people to, well, one, to access those resources and mobility to grow mm-hmm. um, and excel, whether it's learning educationally or it's in the workforce development space or in the community safety and health and wellness space. Those
0: are all our core competencies at Living Classrooms. And And, and thank you. And I think that, you know, being from here, being being a, a native son, if you will, of, of Baltimore, it it means it means more to see your city doing well and to provide an impact. And I, I think the number that I read was over thirty five programs, over twenty five thousand youth and young adults uh, per year are getting support and and opportunities to learn and through the, through uh, living classrooms.
1: Yes, sir. I mean that that's what it's all about. We have an amazing team. Uh, Staff. We have before the pandemic. We had about ten thousand volunteers. Excuse me. We're we're ramping that back up again, coming back out of the pandemic, and and it's a total team effort. And we're we're very uh, you know feel very fortunate. The city has got tremendous assets, tremendous opportunities. Excuse me. And our our goal and our job is to help to understand the challenges and the opportunities, and to do our best to affect change and align with those who are seeking a better world for the city and 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 the people that are living in it.
0: Yeah. Um so, so I want to I want to shift into like this kind of like chunk about Baltimore actually. I got a couple questions in relation to that. Could you describe Baltimore through the lens of like innovation, education and job skills and how do you how do you think we do? Like how and, and where can we improve and what do we excel at? Cuz you know, that there are those connections there of we, we have a lot of talent here, but it's like, what sorts of talent do we have? And are those resources like here and in, in, in things of the, of the sort? So if you could speak a little bit on that. Well, sure. Uh, Baltimore has amazing
1: assets and, and geographically with the way the harbor is set up. And the, uh, again, historically, that's how the, the city grew through its maritime connections, being on the fall line and having mills. It, with the Jones Falls, and that helps to run the economy or, or to grow the economy, being the uh, one of the, the, the top ports of the world, and the port of Baltimore has been really excelling over the past few years and and decade, and uh, and is a tremendous asset. The um, there's there's so many things going for the city. It, it's close to the nation's capital. It has incredible sports teams. It, it has culture, history, um, and and it has tremendous challenges, and that stem back to structural racism and redlining and and just the poverty that exists. And so, um, I think as as someone who lives in the city and who thinks about this and works with this every day, it's uh, you know we've we've. We, we've got a we got a long way to go and at the yeah. same time we've got uh, we've got some great great opportunities right before us and so thinking about it to your question educationally um you know the school system is is you know we're on a quest for continuous quality improvement it seems some and that's a challenge and coming out of a pandemic with uh, all the learning loss and the, the challenges but we you know we still got to make sure all the The air conditioners in the school work (laughs) we've got to make sure that we have the the facilities for our students and uh uh, and we need to help those to uh no matter where they are on this on the uh on the spectrum as far as education whether kindergarten young or uh elementary middle high school age whether it's someone who may have not done well in the traditional education system maybe it's someone who might um, have gotten locked up at one point, or or they're but they're coming home. Our perspective is that everyone has uh, God given talents and abilities, and, and it's it's anything we can do to help lift people up and, and provide uh, opportunities and resources. And so, living classrooms has been focused on that. We work with hundreds of schools, providing hands on experiential education programs. Whether they're on our ships, whether at our multitude of community centers, whether it's with the be more athletically, um, whether it's with our workforce development programs that work with fresh start youth that are teenagers, <clears throat> whether it's with the squeegee collaborative, which we're engaged with, whether it's working, you know, we provide more, uh, uh, structured workforce programming, or rap, rapid attachment to work than any other community based organization for those coming home from prison and, and returning citizens. So, um, that, that's a long answer to your question, but there's a lot of work to do, and I think the city and the state, we do okay,
0: but we, we're always on a quest for continuous quality improvements love it and long answers are what we like here i mean it's we we like when people are thorough and uh, like look this this is this we 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 see it we can acknowledge that this is what's happening while also seeing that there are a lot of different opportunities here and a lot of different resources here because you know too often we we get caught in this notion and it it kind of rubs me the wrong way as we were touch, as i was talking about a little bit before we got started of you know, people outside of here don't 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 see what's here. They don't see the vibrancy here. They only hear about these kind of negative talk points, or what have you, and and that's it. And I I I can see that sort of impact on how people perceive themselves because of their connection to what is deemed as something negative. And yep. you know, I think early on having conversations with folks of hey, let's talk about Baltimore for and you know your, how you're living here, arts and culture, and so on. And people are like, none of that's here. You know, I don't know about what this person is like, but people are doing great stuff. And it's like, well, they sure are. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. I mean, you you look like at the Equitech uh,
1: sector of the city and and the growth going there with the tech community, the arts community in the city. There's a really growing uh, population of folks that are are growing in in Station North and so forth. There's, There's these amazing pockets of the city that are very vibrant and are are alive and then and and a lot of people are living here because it's it's less expensive than dc or new york (laughs) or philly and uh so
0: uh we've got a lot of great people that are choosing to live in the city so what would you say um is one of the things that you would have in mind um for your vision of a better Baltimore? Like for me, from my vantage point, I, I want a chicken in every pot and a beer in every hand. I, I, I don't know if that really <laughs> works, but for you, what, what would your vision of a better Baltimore like look like? With Like one thing that comes to mind?
1: Well, I, yeah, I love your vision. That's a good one. <laughs> and the, uh, but the, looking at the reality is of, of really disrupting the cycle of poverty is something we're very focused with at Living Classrooms. And and to do that in a multi-generational approach and in a collaborative approach. And so we've been engaged in a, an effort on the east side of the, of the city for the last 15 years in an area, the t- target investment zone area, two and a half square miles of East Baltimore. And to be able to work with over 110 partners and to – Be able to look at how do we together seriously disrupt the cycle of poverty, and so to have a a collaboration with our federal, state, city um, leaders, county leaders, even as well to uh, bring resources, and with the you know with the federal funding from the ARPA dollars coming to the city, that's a great, it's a tremendous opportunity, a, a generational moment to really invest in. And a variety of things to help improve the city long-term. Uh, so I think that if, as as we look to the future, it, if we, we can have all the wonderful things and then at the same time, we've got to address some of these core issues to disrupt the cycle of poverty. And that means an improved education system. That means having resources for children, youth and families and adults or for folks that are living right in the city. For instance, we manage two early childhood centers And I would send my five-year-old Lucia to to either these sites. They're they're fabulous, but but they're there right in embedded in public housing sites or in one of our schools uh, to serve folks right from those communities. But that's important, and then to work with their parents um, who might want to be engaged in workforce programming, and to work with the grandparents who also are seeking uh, more skill training, and and so. That's how living classrooms is, is jumped in. And then weave in safe streets, which we brought to Baltimore 15 years ago. And now that's been replicated in 10 communities to help have a creative way to look at have stopping shootings and killings. And so to weave those things together uh, in a holistic, comprehensive approach uh, and working together with every division of the city and, and the state and to have a strong collaborative effort to disrupt the cycle of poverty. I think that's 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 what the city really yearns for in so many of the communities. And starting, as I mentioned before, by listening to what the communities want, what are their needs. It's not what you or I think. It's, it's what the communities want. And then and being responsive and, and in a collaborative way.
0: So I got I got two more uh, real questions and everyone, even even the great James Bond gets, you know, the rapid fire questions that I always throw out at the end. <laughs> but uh, I want to hit you with this this next one. Um, I think oftentimes we, you know, sometimes see a. The, the the tip of an iceberg, right? And there's a much larger body, a deeper issue or what have you that is there. And I think you you were touching on it a bit where there are systemic things that are here. There are years worth things that are embedded culturally here. When yeah. do you know you've gone deep enough on a topic and you're like all right I think we've hit bedrock or when do you know when what what, what tells you to go kind of further like no nah, this can't quite be it I need to get even more granular on a particular topic yeah oh, that's a, that's a good
1: question and you know when you think about the structural racism you, you think about the red line you think about the the things that have gone on in this city for generations and generations and we've got to peel the onion back on that. We've got right. to do the Jedi work. I mean, we've got a meeting tomorrow with our team uh, at 11 tomorrow That's you know, we have a whole Jedi committee and we've been focusing on this. Um, and it's it's really important. I mean, we've got to, you've got to examine the issues to the point where um, – I, I don't think you ever stop examining, but I, I think you got to go deep and you got to yeah. go – you can't just look at the tip of the iceberg. you got to – and sometimes those are uncomfortable conversations, but we need to have them, and it's important. And so, uh, yeah, man, that—that's you're, you're right on about that. And and so I think Baltimore has has that being a border state, that history. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had relatives who fought each other in the Civil War, brothers, and, yeah. and you know, so it's you know, we're in an interesting where we live in the on the Mason Dixon line and and the history of this the city uh, that during the, during the civil war, you know, that they had cannons at federal Hill aimed on the city hall. So, yeah. you know, the the, 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 mayor wouldn't act, you know, do something that the federal government wanted. I mean, when you grow up with that kind of a legacy, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to, we got to understand it. We got to, that's why history is important. Being a history major, I, you know, a,
0: you, we, we've got to understand history and learn from it. Yeah. And, and I, and I like that, 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 um, Reference to to Jedi, where you know justice is being included in those conversations around equity, diversity, and inclusion. And you know, I've had a few more conversations with folks, and their their work is embedded. and I, I had w- one conversation recently with a, a person that works with an architecture firm, but their role re- is the head of the Jedi, like sort of right. sort of efforts, and like being able to include that in there because. It can get the, the title could get broader, you know, versus because yes. there's so many different things that are there have that have not been touched. And as you add in there, you're kind of leaning in and hearing from folks. of this is what we need. This is what matters yeah. to us and how everyone feels seen. Everyone feels safe and everyone feels like they're a part of an institution or city or whatever it is. You're right on. And, and it's interesting as an organization that
1: grew you know, our initial Programming was around environmental education, hands-on learning by doing it, providing access and broadening horizons for those who may never previously have had those opportunities. And and so that's always been core to what this organization, Living Classrooms is all about. And, and just most recently, we've been getting funding to support an environmental justice approach uh, to climate change and, and in the, the hottest areas of the city where we're going to be planting thousands of trees and as part of our project serve workforce development programming and partnering with the tree trust and and so that's um, again it 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 can this topic can go in many different directions and that's just one of the most recent uh aspects of our jedi work has
0: led us there yeah um this, this is the last real one i got for you um what excites you most about the future of Living Classroom? So that uh, Living Classroom Foundation, like, what are you looking forward to in the next, let's say, six to ten months? Well, six to twelve months.
1: Well, it's it's a busy time. We just had a ribbon <laughs> cutting on a new building on uh, Pier One in the Inner Harbor, and we're we're excited about David Bramble, and Peter Pinker, and Adam uh, and their company that's going to be rebuilding the Inner Harbor. Uh, so our you know we're we're you know with our yeah, you know, we manage the historic ships down there. We have job training program working with the the Chessie Dragons and the pirate ships. We employ thirty kids, and so anyway, there's that's exciting. Yeah. That, that what's going to happen in an area of the city that needs help. Uh, we're ex- we're thrilled about the new workforce, the Bauer Workforce Development Opportunity Center, which we're just opening as well, providing workforce training for young adults and adults. who are, Coming from the different communities where we work, uh, and learning in production, warehouse, distribution for jobs out at Trade Point Atlantic or in the Port of Baltimore, uh, or that the, the healthcare training we're doing with CNA, GNA training uh, for nurses, aides—that um, is, is such an essential job in hospitals and nursing homes—and the construction training that we're doing with Jumpstart and partners and at places like Port Covington and uh, and Penn station and, and in Perkins home, yeah. uh, it, there's, there's a lot to be excited about it, but most importantly, coming out of the pandemic and being, yeah. you know, being back at our school and seeing the the teachers and the kids and the excitement. And then, you know, some people in masks, which is great, you know, whatever, but that it just, it, it felt almost back to normal in the last couple of weeks. So I'm really excited about that and about the future of the city with, the the administration is, is and all the vision that the mayor has and with the new governor coming on board and aligning with all with the city and the state and with uh, how we can all work hand in hand uh, to the for help provide resources and support for for those in the community that's that's uh,
0: I get I get fired up about that every day it's exciting work exciting work um So I think that's a good good space for us to stop with the real questions. I want to throw these out there if you'll indulge me. Um, We got just a few. Brevity is key here. Don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. Uh, So, uh, and and they're going to be all over the place, just so you know. Um, What is your rule for success, like, you know, longevity is, is a thing, obviously, and I equate that to being successful. You know, what would be that number one thing if someone's like, how do you stay at a particular project and at it towards a certain type of work for a long period of time? Well, I think it's it's got to come from the heart, most importantly,
1: um, with what any of us are doing. It's, you got to feel it in the heart. It's got to be real. It's got to be motivated. It's, it's, it's got to drive uh, anyone. And, and that's so, I don't know, I, I try each day to, to start with coming from the heart. And then it's it's all about perseverance and, and hard work. And uh, I'm a strong believer in, co- in coaching instead of managing. And, yeah. and so to be able to ha- put together the best team possible to, and be aligned, to um, have goals that we set that are stretch goals but are accomplished, and then to go out and, and and to acquire the resources to help so that we can grow our crossroad school from a middle school to a K through eight and eventually a high school. So we can grow the programming in the target investment zone with an additional $20 million of effort so that we can build our new, our new workforce development education center in D.C. Uh, so that we can help to care for the historic ships in the harbor all through a lens of workforce development and equity. Service and helping people is also at the bottom
0: of it all as well. I mean it's 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 got to come through that lens as well. Um here's here's the next one. This this one is a food-related one, just so you know. Uh <laughs> since you're a local guy, uh crab cakes, how do you like them? Broiled or fried? Broiled. Well, yeah, broil. Okay. Um, if you could watch one movie for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, uh, geez. Um <laughs>
1: You know what? I was watching with my daughter Lion King the other day. I I really like that one. That's the latest one. Okay. Uh,
0: And here's the um, the last one I got for you. And this this is one that's been riding a good streak recently. Um, For you, do you rely more on book smarts or street smarts? Street smarts. It is undefeated. Everyone has said street smarts. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so with that, um, I want to thank you for coming onto this podcast. Um, and I want to invite and encourage you to like really close out anything, any final thoughts, any final things you want to say and tell the fine folks where to check out um, Living Classrooms Foundation, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Rob, thank
1: you so much for having me having us aboard and uh congratulations on the work you've done as you said you've been learning by doing i'm still we're all still learning by doing each day and uh, we need uh things like what you're doing here to help the city move forward i I welcome anyone to come visit living classrooms at our sites down in in fells point or in the harbor or up in the community our under armor house up on fayette street Uh, Or at Patterson Park uh, Field, which is now has uh, I think the number one St. Francis football team in the country, and is uh, practices there, and that's the site of our Patterson Park House, and uh, and just uh, come on and check out Living Classrooms, and our website is www.livingclassrooms.org, and uh, we'd love to get you involved and. And thank you for your important support.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. I want to, again, thanks thank uh, James Piper Bond for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there are great organizations in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for them.